Welcome back to the CTO studio. I, of course, am your host, Nikolai Walker. I am on the mic and in your ear, which is where I love to be. Today, we're going to be chatting with Jonathan LaCour, who is the CTO of Mission. Mission is an AWS partner that provides DevOps services, and AWS does not stand for awesome, or maybe it should in this case. It stands for Amazon Web Service. Uh, They're also a go-to for infrastructure questions, so hit them up with all that you have. So today, we're going to be talking to Jonathan, and I want him to start off the conversation by telling us how things are going at Mission. Jonathan? You know, it's, uh, I will say this, as with most people, things have not gone to plan for Mission, right? However, um, I think, you know, we've had a really great year in many respects. Um, It required us to do some very quick pivoting uh, to kind of adapt to to the changes that were going on in the universe. But um, we're having a record year and growing very, very quickly and doing fantastically as a business. So I cannot complain. Um, I am definitely being kept very busy. <laughs> well, uh, one of the critical things is as CTO, when I joined, I made sure that I owned the product function at Mission. And to me, that is one of my favorite parts. Like I am a technologist, but I'm really a very much a product person at heart. Um, and when you're adapting to changes in the market, there's no better place to be than, you know, knee deep in product, right? And uh, we did some really great work on that front, put out some programs that are all about, you know, kind of cost saving initiatives for companies on AWS. And we have been growing like mad on that, right? So just took them a quick, quick innovation. So a typical product then would be a tool to help like calculate cost and, and reduce that. So we are uh, kind of a technology-enabled services business, right? And so our products are mostly a combination of people and tools and processes, right? And so we're partnered with some great vendors who do the tooling part usually. And the magic for Mission really comes around we are experts at implementing those things, providing insights, and providing services around it, right? And so we use, for example, we use Cloud Health for our cloud management platform, which is a fantastic tool, sort of like Cost Explorer on steroids, um, you know, the AWS Cost Explorer. And then we have, you know, cloud analysts that actually meet with our customers on a regular basis. They go through all the recommendations, build out custom reports and all sorts of good stuff, right? So it's that magical combination of, you know, we know what we're doing. We've got a great team of people who are experts on all these tools and the cloud platforms and then putting that all together so that companies don't have to do that themselves. As a CTO, that's like one of my biggest obstacles always is getting my teams trained up on tools, getting to be experts in any particular piece of technology. So that's really resonated with other CTOs I've talked to, right? Is, hey, we're a shortcut for you. Yeah. No, I think, uh, so I recently took a CTO gig um, and one of the first brick walls I faced was the infrastructure. Mostly because uh, the infrastructure seems to be held up in either one person's brain or, you know, it, or it's sort of become this mutant that people have slapped things onto to facilitate growth. But the rhyme or reason as to it's sort of this thing that you just keep building. It's like a raft. It's like a raft with barrels and pieces of wood and, 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 and just, just, just a messy, ugly, horrible thing as you sail into this beautiful lake. 
if you thought technical debt was easy to get into when you had to order servers and rack them and stack them and provision them, just imagine what technical debt can turn into when you can, you can literally, with an API call, provision new infrastructure. And you're right, right? That's what happens is people, they just go about their day solving their problems and they're not thinking like at a big level strategically, like what's, what's going on? Right. You know, I, I, am I going to be on budget here? Right. Is this the right way to be doing this? And and then nobody ever revisits it either. It's just sort of like, OK, problem solved. Check. Move on. And yeah, it's uh, it's exhausting. Admission, did you. Do you do companies need to be a certain size before they can they should be using a DevOps as a service or do should DevOps as a service companies try get in as early as possible as cheap as possible so that you can grow with the company? You know, I would say that there's not like a hard and fast rule on this, um, but I think you know so. For context, we do work with a lot of startups, right, who have very small teams and we're, you know, really providing kind of their trusted advisory kind of DevOps services for them. Um, and we represent maybe the majority of or all of their team. But we work with other customers who are big enterprises who have, you know, massive teams and they're leaning on our expertise less than our effort, right? So it really depends where you are on the life cycle. I would say it usually doesn't come down to size of company. It comes down to budget. I think any company would benefit from partnering with an expert from a DevOps perspective, especially if you don't have enough capacity in-house, which every single time I talk to you know, a company about, do you have enough great DevOps talent you know, available and in-house? And they're always like, no, never. It's never there, right? So to me, if you can afford it, it's worth doing. And I think the other key thing is it's really hard to retain good talent right now. Um, you know, people talk about, you know, the market in 2020 and with COVID, what's happening. Honestly, DevOps people are in hot demand still, right? There's no real, you know, there were some corrections earlier in the year, but at this point, it still remains extremely hot market, very difficult to retain people. So we kind of represent a way to de-risk a little bit. It's like, I, you know, I have three people internally or five people internally, you know, I can lose one or two of them and I still have mission, you know, at the ready and they've got a big team. They can always bring in more resources if needed. So so what would you tell the CTO or the startup that has zero DevOps people, but is clearly is clearly they're staging and, and they're pushing to production in some cloud, but they don't have anyone. There's no DevOps department. Well, typically, you know, in that circumstance, I feel like a SaaS business in that model, a little startup, you're building out an application, your developers effectively are your DevOps team, right? You know, it's not like the work isn't getting done. It's just maybe not getting done by people who that's really what they do. And so, you know, I would say, unless you have someone at least watching what's going on, there's a good chance that you're digging yourselves in holes that you're going to pay for later. So you don't have to you know, go full on into a situation where you're, you know, engaging with a company like Mission to kind of run your DevOps for you. But you could start out with just some like advisory service, right? Like just come in and, you know, do some assessments, tell me where I'm, you know, headed, what I need, um, and and then make a decision from there. But I think I've been in that situation before at a, you know, very small startup. You're really focused on 
solving the customer problem, not solving my own internal issues and really, you know, automation and things like that. Um, but it, it really quickly will transition. And if your product becomes successful, you don't want to have to slow down. That's like the worst possible thing to do when you're just, just releasing product to market to have to slow down and stop. You know, you want to ride that that as much as possible. And if you don't have all of the uh, skids greased, as they say, right, you're, you're going to just have all that friction and it's going to hold you back. So it does cost money, but I think it's totally worth it. You need to have a strategy in place. You need to have a plan. You don't have to be fully staffed up, but you do need to know what your blueprint is. Like, what am I, what's my plan and strategy here? It's... It's ironic for me that there's a reluctance to budget for it because you just, I think there's a perception that it's a, it's just something that maybe it's hard for people to visualize what the money is being spent on. But I think you and I know that this is a brilliant virtualization of something that used to require tremendous effort to, to provision. But I think with that ease, it comes across as something that shouldn't be paid for or shouldn't be budgeted for. It's, it's, it's strange. It, it, it is strange, but it makes a lot of sense when you think about how companies tend to make decisions, right? They're thinking about sort of like front, what, what problems are right in front of them. And, you know, usually they're thinking about, I want to make sure that I'm building the right product. And so there's generally less reluctance to invest in things like engineering around development, right? And designing and product and things of that notion. But when you get to like operations, it's sort of like putting a new roof on your house, right? It's like, ugh, I don't really want to do this. But at the end of the day, when rain starts to fall down on you, that's when you're like, well, well, now I need a roof. And it's like, yeah, but it's too, not too late, but it's, everything becomes much more difficult now. And I think, you know, we talked earlier about how Mission had to do a big pivot earlier in the year, right? And every company has to go through these kinds of things. Doing big pivots and making rapid change based upon evolving markets and, and new things going on in the world requires you to be able to turn on a dime. And if you have no DevOps, if you have no strategy there and you don't have the ability to have automation and monitoring and you, know, you don't have a good beat on that, it's going to be a lot harder to turn on a dime. Right. And so to me, it's like it's an investment in your own agility, right, and your own ability to pivot quickly and make the changes necessary to not only survive during times like this, but to really have a record year like Mission is. Right. To to prepare companies, then you need someone like a professional or like an expert, like a CTO to prepare the company for that type of expense and projecting out that expense. Is that who you work for with is CTOs? Uh, it depends on the company. Frequently, it is the CTO, very frequently. Um, occasionally, it'll be somebody who kind of reports into the CTO or maybe the chief operations officer or the CIO, kind of depending on the engagement. Um, but we usually work with whoever runs the DevOps team and the infrastructure team uh, or engineering team at, at our customer. That's who our point of contact tends to be. Thanks again for joining us here in the CTO studio, and thank you to Jonathan LaCour, who is the CTO at Mission. Now, if you would not mind, do us a few things. Please, a bit of housekeeping always does a body good. Please go check out 7CTOs.com. Also, subscribe to the podcast in iTunes so you can get it every single time. It's fresh and available to keep me on this mic and in your ear. And also, go check out 
missioncloud.com. We will see you next time with another interview with Jonathan LaCour.